All right, everybody, welcome back. This is another episode of the Players Impact Podcast. My guest today is Brandon Andrews. He is from Shark Tank Casting. Believe it or not, we're here in Atlanta for the Super Bowl, and he's here at our Tech Jocks Players Impact event. Brandon, thanks for your time. Yeah, happy to be here, man. Thanks so much for having me, and uh, I'm excited to talk a little bit more about Shark Tank Casting and also about, I guess, transitioning uh, from having an idea to building a business, whether you're an athlete or whether you're, you know, everyday person wanting to do it too. Yeah, absolutely. So like I mentioned, we are here, you know, in Atlanta for the TPI event. Uh, talk about your role, kind of like what you're doing here at the event. Yeah, so I met the Players Impact team actually in Las Vegas. So they had an event around the Consumer Electronics Show, which happens there annually. And was really impressed by the quality of the content and by the entrepreneurs. They actually had a pitch competition, and so I got to meet some entrepreneurs and uh, you know followed up with them. And they said, "Hey, we'd love to have you come and share your experience at our event around the Super Bowl." And I said, "Of course, I'd love to meet you know uh, aspiring entrepreneurs who are former athletes as well as um, at former athletes who are investors and entrepreneurs that are building businesses, um, both for Shark Tank and then also just because I like being a part of the environment and as a former athlete myself." Itself, um, it's always encouraging for me to see athletes thinking about their next step because you put so much into um, your sport, whatever your sport is, whether it's hockey or baseball or track or whatever. Uh, sometimes you feel like you don't have time to think about what the next thing is going to be because you have to be so focused and driven. But um, for those that can, um, it definitely sets you up to have a different level of success and a better transition, which I think is really important. So when you're evaluating an athlete entrepreneur, um, does their playing career matter at all? And not even their success or, or lack thereof, but like, do you look at kind of what they went through to get to the professional ranks, like their story? Do you go that deep in terms of, I'm sure there's a lot you could learn kind of from what these athletes go through. Yeah, so you know, earlier today on the panel, I gave a quote by Arthur Ashe that I think can guide anyone that's interested in potentially starting a business. And it's start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And for former athletes, starting where you are and using what you have if you have a business that's in the sports space or it's at sports adjacent um, or if you have a business um, that requires and every startup requires someone that's going to be driven uh, to be able to build the business and grow the business over time um, that background as an athlete um, is going to matter to me as a potential investor it's going to matter to me as someone that's looking for entrepreneurs um, who are going to be on a high growth track um, and, and and potentially could be on on shark tank um, so yeah if, if if these entrepreneurs, athlete entrepreneurs, um, have these sports or sports adjacent businesses, definitely. Um, but even if they don't, um, the fact that they've been able to, over years, apply themselves, take coaching, take critiques, uh, and grow themselves personally, um, is, it speaks volumes about their potential. Um, it doesn't always work out. Startup investing is very speculative. So even in the best of circumstances, um, you can you know potentially lose your money as an investor. However, um, having some of these attributes of former athletes really does create a profile that uh, you know can lead to some success. Yeah, absolutely. What are specifically some of those traits uh, that you've seen specifically from the athlete entrepreneurs? Yeah, so athlete entrepreneurs, although they may not be as familiar with the entrepreneurship space, they're familiar with competing and 
no matter what sector of the economy you're operating in as an entrepreneur, whether you have a podcast and you're hosting it and you're trying to get your podcast to um, get some light um, and, and be differentiated from some of the other podcasts that are out there, or whether you have a sports tech company or whether you have a cupcake company or whatever the company is, you're going to have to compete and you're going to have to be comfortable having other people competing against you. And so I think for some entrepreneurs that don't have that background and other and entrepreneurs who don't have like a sales background, because sales, you have to think about that competing as well, um, it becomes more difficult. They're, they're, they get locked up in this psychosis because they think people are coming after them personally and it's not a personal thing, they're just competing against you. And so I think athletes understand that intrinsically and that's really, really helpful as you're building your business. I also think athletes are determined and driven. Um, startup founders, um, there's, I guess, good and bad that comes with this, um, you know, almost cult following that some startup founders have. So as a startup founder, you have to be driven. I mean, you have to push yourself. You have to know how to push yourself. You have to know how to take uh, correction. You have to know how to go past your limits. But you also have to know how to build a good team. And so I think athletes uh, also intrinsically can strike that balance between being really, really driven and knowing what they want as a founder and, and going towards that, but also realizing that because you know they've been a part of teams all their lives that they have to be a part of a good team in order to build the business uh, in the way um, that's going to be successful over time. So, so yeah, some really good attributes there. Makes a lot of sense. Um, so the million dollar question. Yep. How does someone with an idea get on Shark Tank? Walk us through the process. <laughs> well, if you have an idea, you have to start the business first. If I have right. a business, yeah. how do I get on Shark Tank? That's what everyone yeah. wants to know. No, it is, it is, it is. So Shark Tank, we look for passionate entrepreneurs. So um, we hear pitches from several thousand entrepreneurs every year. We have upwards of 40,000 applications every season. And the reality is we only have 130, 140 slots available. So most people aren't going to get on the show, but those that are um, show us that they are passionate about solving the problem, delivering the product or service to the market, taking advantage of the market opportunity. Passion can come out in two ways. It can be the way that you physically present yourself. So it can be your tone of voice, you using gestures or people coming on the show and doing backflips and cartwheels and bringing live animals and all of that kind of stuff. But that's not everybody's personality. Passion can also be, hey, I'm an athlete. I spent 20 years of my life playing this sport. I got to the highest level and I learned some things about this sport and I see some problems um, that other people like me, other athletes or other um, people that want to get to the highest level have. I've spent some time creating a solution and now I'm ready to sell this product to the market that I've identified and I am uniquely qualified to do that. So as an athlete, you can bring your passion and show your passion in that way as well. Um, but we also look for businesses that have traction. And so traction can be, uh, can come out in two ways. One is, you know, just numbers. So what have you done um, so far? Most of the businesses on the show are actually pre-revenue, so they're still in the red. So if you're not in the black, that's completely fine. However, you need to be able to show us once you get that injection of capital that you're going to be able to get to, you know, prop to profitability, um, hopefully within 18 to 24 months. Um, 
you know, as, as I'm sure you're aware, there's a lot of startup companies on a venture track that have, you know, never been in the black Twitter and um, Snap and a bunch of others, Uber and a bunch of others. However, um, for, for something for Shark Tank, um, it's okay if you're in the red when you come on the show, but you should be able to show us after you get that injection of capital that you can get into the black and bring some profitability to your business. Uh, and then the other piece of knowing your numbers is making the ask. So the biggest problem we have with entrepreneurs whether they're athletes or not, is they don't ask for things. Like very often we have to ask them to ask us for money. Uh, and the whole point of Shark Tank is for entrepreneurs to go in front of investors and ask for an investment. And so you as an entrepreneur need to show us that you've thought about um, how much money your business is going to need to go to the next level, um, who you want to get the investment from based on their background, so which shark you want to work with, and you need to be able to ask for that confidently. If you can do those things, then you're going to put yourself in a really competitive position. If you notice, though, I didn't say that there's a certain level of sales that you need. There's not a certain level or, or, of maturity that your business has to be in. You just need to be passionate. You need to know your numbers, make your ass confidently, and again, show us um, that once you get that injection of capital, based on your previous uh, performance and based on whatever predictions you have, that you're going to be able to get that business to profitability. It's interesting about the answer because you didn't really say anything about the business. You only mm -hmm. just talked about the person running it mm -hmm. or the team running it. Yeah, yeah. So that's really, really important. And startup investing is really, really speculative. And so because it's so speculative and because everybody is going to come in with a chart that shows their predictions um, with a big red arrow going up and to the right, um, because that's going to happen, um, and, if it do and if you don't have that chart as an entrepreneur, then you probably shouldn't be an entrepreneur because you should have that kind of faith in your business. Um, we want to see numbers and you have to have an actual business that can be invested in. However, um, you have to show us that you have those in, intrinsic um, attributes um, of an entrepreneur um, because those things are a little bit less speculative than you know everybody coming to us you know with the shark and saying we have a million dollar idea. Right. Yeah. So so what's your favorite Shark Tank product that you either discovered yourself or someone else did uh, that got funded on on the show? Yeah. So. My favorite product, and this is actually something that I think would be interesting for, for athletes, my favorite product is called Piper Wide. So back in 2015, two young women came to a casting call that we did in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, they had been making Piper Wide, which is an all natural charcoal based deodorant um, in their garage. Like they're literally making it in the house, um, but they were selling, they were doing really well. Um, they came, they pitched, they started going through the process. The first process after you, the first step is the casting call. The next step is submitting a video. They submitted their video and then we went through diligence with them. They made it on the show. They were actually on the Christmas episode um, of season seven, um, got a deal with Barbara Corcoran and they were in Forbes. So this was, that was December and they were in, they were in Forbes in February. Their business had grown like 6,000%. And as a you know, former athlete, I was kind of skeptical because I still work out a lot. I like working out. I'm a washed up has been, but I still like to try to relive the glory days um, in the evening. You're looking I, good. He's looking good. <laughs> I appreciate it. Relive the glory days um, in the gym. Uh, but I, I sweat a lot. And so I was skeptical about using a, you know, all natural deodorant product because I tried them, you know, some in the past and it just hadn't worked. But Piper Y actually works for me and I use it every day. And I don't know if you, you can smell me. Do you smell anything? No, yeah. So good. there you go. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Piper Y is um, one of my, probably my favorite product. And it's been really cool because it was two 
um, early 20 year old um, women um, who you know had an idea, created this formula, started making it in their home, and it's really you know that American dream. They came and pitched, and they got an injection of capital, and their business has really taken off. And um, they're going to be, I think, in position to you know exit from that business sooner rather than later, uh, and be in a really good position to then become investors themselves. And so hopefully you know that cycle will continue, and they'll find right. you know the next Piper Y and invest in it. But uh, but yeah, for the athletes out there, try out Piper Y. See if it works for you. It's awesome. Yeah. Last question. Yeah. Also a serious question. Is Kevin O'Leary really mean in person? <laughs> he is very direct, but he's a nice guy. He is. Um, there's actually a, a business called Surprise Ride. So I live in Washington, D.C. Surprise Ride is based in Washington, D.C. Um, two sisters founded it. They do um, activities for children, some monthly box, um, subscription box really good stuff but they love Kevin they say you know he's the nice and warm and, and a friendly guy I, I do think that Kevin's demeanor and Kevin's approach on the show is somewhat typical um, that you of what you would get from angel investors and, and venture capitalists uh, so I've, I've definitely seen much worse in real life than Kevin uh, I think Kevin sometimes gets a bad rap because he is so direct uh, but you know he's a nice guy. He is. Yeah, yeah. For he sure. just he just he's investing his money, and I mean you get upset um, over borrow you know somebody borrowing twenty dollars. Imagine he's you know oh, potentially yeah. investing two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's been through it. So yeah. So for people listening who actually want to apply, who aren't sitting in front of you or at an event where you're yeah. at, like you know I think people would want to know how do how do they apply? Yeah. So one, I actually have a business number which I'm fine with giving out to people. It's two zero two. 831-3031. If you text me, I will send you the intake form for season 11 for Shark Tank for you to apply, or you can go to um, ABC Shark Tank, you know, Google ABC Shark Tank, and the, and the application's there on the website. But I'm happy to talk to anyone who's interested in potentially being on the show, share some advice, some best practices. No problem with that at all. Fe you know, feel free to reach out to me. Looking forward to hearing your pitches, and uh, you know, maybe somebody from the podcast will end up on the show. That'd be pretty cool. Brandon, yeah. thank you for your time. Yeah, no problem, Alex. Yeah, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, this was a, a special edition, a Shark Tank edition of the Players Impact uh, podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us five stars, uh, share it with a friend, subscribe. Really appreciate it. Until next time, we'll see you on the next episode.